0: Hello and welcome to an ECFR podcast. My name is Katrina Botel at Senaro, and today we will take a look at China's military reform. Whilst China's defence budget this year is rising at its slowest pace since 2010, in line with the decelerating economy, the reform of the People's Liberation Army is in full swing. In our latest China analysis, "Cheese Army, reform and loyalty in the PLA, our experts examine China's ambitions. Jérôme Doyon. ECFR Associate Fellow and Editor of the China Analysis believes that the key drivers to the reform are both rooted in international security concerns and domestic political problems. It seems
1: relatively clear that China wants to become a regional hegemon, or at least uh, the, the main regional power, if it's not already, but to clearly set itself. As this, and, uh, and this is clear in its approach of the East and South Ch- China Sea that it wants to control partly. And, um, and so in order to do so, this, to, to build a strong military, uh, is clearly important. Also to different, to defend its interests overseas. So beyond East Asia, um, to defend its supply routes for energy and other commodities. Uh, and more more broadly, the interest of its companies and its national interest abroad, citizens abroad. We should not forget the domestic factors because I think the two main goals of the reform are more political control over the military and uh, operational efficiency. So in that case, I mean, operational efficiency is is mostly targeted at uh, operations outside, I mean, overseer operations. But when it comes to political control, obviously it's more about uh, what, goes on uh, we, inside the country and, I mean, especially inside the military, right? Um, in fact, I mean, we should not forget that it's the party's military and not a state military. So this idea of political control is is always very important. And in, in that case, the reform is not pushing this kind of political control farther away, but actually uh, increasing it through basically different reorganizations inside the military. And uh, I think those two are the main goals. And, uh, and definitely the political control one is the, the, the most visible one. Also, in terms of um, intelligence reconnaissance, there are some gaps. Um, for instance, the reconnaissance of foreign forces approaching Chinese waters for the Navy remains a big concern. This partly explains the construction of artificial islands and, uh, and rather facilities uh, in, in the South China Sea, currently by China. So these, I think these are the main weaknesses we, we could point at, and that the reform and the current evolution in the Chinese military, they're trying to fill these gaps.
0: In practical terms, this means that the Central Military Commission, the CMC, which controls the military, is now more firmly in charge.
1: You had the so this CMC um, in charge of uh, basically controlling four uh, general departments, which are now and which were very powerful and kind of I mean partly autonomous. These uh, different departments were split in a lot of um, in basically 15 new departments, commissions, and offices below the CMC. So this gives basically more control of the party on the meter itself. Um, and among these different uh, department commissions and offices, uh, I think we should uh, underline that three new uh, offices or bureaus actually um, are very important. Uh, one is the, the audit office, the commission for discipline inspection, and also the, politicals, the politics and law commission, or yeah, commission for political and law uh, affairs, uh, which is... Um, very I mean, these are new agencies in order to better control the military, so they already existed before, but now they they are given more organizational importance, so I think uh, this is important to emphasize uh, beside that of the reform is also to reorganize the forces themselves so the ground forces, the navy, the air force, the rocket force, which was before called the second artillery force. Um, now they all have their own headquarters. Uh, the navy did not; the army did not before, because it uh, it was basically hegemonic over the whole organization, so it didn't need its own headquarters. Now they all have their own headquarters, um, and and also a new headquarters has, has been created for the strategic support force in, in charge of um, cyber wif- warfare and electromagnetic warfare. And this comes uh, under a new reorganization under which the, so the Central Military Commission that we, I mentioned manages the whole thing. The theater commands focus on the war fighting and the service, the forces themselves focus on the, on the building uh, of their own capacities. And also the seven military region, so the special organization of, of, of the, of the military are now transformed into five um, they're called theater commons. so it's it's a bit reorganized uh, when you look at the the map of China, basically, um, and and because of these different or, uh, reorganization, the the whole uh, task repartition between these different organs is now a, a bit clearer. We have a CMC, a Central Military Commission, at the top, which manages the whole thing. The different theater commands, so these five regions, focusing on the actual war fighting, and the fo- the services, the forces in charge of building their own their own forces.
0: But there have also been oppositions to the reform, particularly from within the military itself, as the transformation comes with potential power shifts and job losses.
1: So these are actually the the roadblocks, the the officials themselves that are not uh, really happy with the reform. And so the roadblocks will come from the military itself, basically. Um, This is very clear in the the fact that Xi Jinping had to push one of his allies uh, aside in order to implement the reform. So Liu Yuan, uh, general who has been very important in Xi's anti-corruption campaign within the military, uh, and was th- thought to become a, an important figure after the reform, basically retired a bit earlier than expected. And uh, and this uh, appears to be a sign of these different roadblocks, of this negotiation Xi Jinping has to go through uh, in order to push the reform forward. And because the UN was very active in the anti-corruption campaign, he made a lot of enemies and Basically, to force Xi Jinping was a better strategy, to push him aside, to sacrifice him for the reforms. Um, and they are in the different newspaper of the military, different publications. When the reforms were announced, there were different signs of these uh, potential roadblocks. Also, uh, I thought it was interesting to see that some officials put forward the the fact that so it, those are not roadblocks per se, but maybe things that that show that the reform might not be as successful as uh, expected. And so these officials put forward the fact that because the reform is a peacetime reform, so they they're doing it now, uh, not under actual military threat. And this because of this, the, the reform might not fit the requirements of actual wartime as the best transformations in militaries are made under actual threat Uh, and I think that's also interesting and we will have to probably wait for a long time in order to see uh, if this is true or not. But I think this also comes back to the fact that this is a a reform that is oriented toward also more political control and also domestic
0: issues. You can find the publication, Cheese Army, Reform and Loyalty in the PLA, and more information on Chinese foreign policies on our website at ecfr.eu. Asia.